In our last broadcast, we were talking about anger and the various expressions of anger that are wrong. We saw last time that the ventilation of one's wrath and anger, the spewing out of temper and spleen against other people is certainly condemned by the word of God again and again. And that modern movements that encourage this ventilation of feelings fly directly in the face of the word of God. We were looking at Ephesians 4. For those of you who were not with us, you might wish to turn to that passage. And we were looking also at verse 26 in particular, where the Bible says, be angry and yet do not sin. We had pointed out that anger as an emotion given from God is not wrong in and of itself. This verse, of course, makes that very clear. It says that we can be angry, and yet it warns us that even though our anger may be righteous, that it is very easy for anger, which is an extremely powerful emotion that God has built into man, it is very easy for anger to become sinful in its expression. That's why this warning stands at this point in the fourth chapter of Ephesians as a very sturdy and important one for all of us. Now, the one extreme for sinning with anger is this extreme of blowing up. There is another extreme, however, the opposite extreme, the extreme of internalization or clamming up, holding anger in. And that in particular is the problem that is discussed in verse 26. Here, the apostle writes, do not let the sun go down on your anger. I should probably tell you about an experience of a woman who came in to counseling with her husband one time. She walked in with her arms folded and sat down in a huff. He sort of uh, trickled in and sort of flowed into his chair meekly. You could already tell a lot about them before either one had opened his mouth. She then reached into her purse, which looked like a shopping bag, and pulled out a manuscript fully an inch and a half to two inches thick. In that manuscript was typewritten, both sides of the page, single-spaced, an account that was a most amazing one. Well, I didn't have time to read it on the spot, so I just sort of dipped into it and spot-checked it at various points to see what this manuscript was all about. Do you know what I had in my, in my hands? Well, it turned out to be that in this manuscript were 13 years worth of things that her husband had done wrong to her, all duly recorded. Well, what would you have said to that woman? She sat there. She said, I'm getting an ulcer and my Christian physician sent me here. And the reason why I'm here is because of that, as she pointed to the manuscript. And so she was saying, my husband has put an ulcer on my stomach. Instead of responding to her in that way, in agreeing with her, I looked at her and I said, you know, it's been a long time since I've met anyone as resentful as you. Well, she sort of startled and her husband sort of straightened in his chair. And I went on to say to her, this may be a record, a very faithful record, of what your husband has done to you over the last 13 years. And by the way, subsequent sessions showed that it was a very accurate record. But I went on to say, it's also a record of what you've done about those wrongs that he has done toward you. In contrast to 1 Corinthians 13 that speaks about love not keeping records, 
you have kept a faithful recording of all of the wrongs that were done against you. Instead of returning good for evil and handling wrong righteously, you have handled that wrong unrighteously. Your husband didn't put that ulcer on your stomach. It's your resentment that's putting it there. Your husband is going to have to deal with his side of the problem. He's going to have to deal with these wrongs. But you've got to deal with the wrong way of handling those wrongs. The Lord Jesus Christ did not get an ulcer on the cross. He prayed for those who despitefully used him. He prayed that God would forgive those who were wronging him. That is the way that a Christian should handle wrongdoing, not to harbor grudges and bitterness and resentment. You see, that's what this passage is saying. Be angry, yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Every day accounts must be settled before going to bed. Every day such matters as bitterness and anger and hatred against someone needs to be dealt with. We either need to clean it out before God or before the person or whatever, but we cannot carry these things to bed with us. As we do, day after day, new layers of anger and bitterness crystallize on top of one another. What happens is, is that we build up a tremendous pile of these things and they harden into resentment and bitterness. We find that these things become so tight, so hard, so firm that they begin to direct all of our thinking and all of our emotions and all of our living and all of our reaction toward other people. What a terrible thing it is to be motivated by bitterness and resentment. This is the way a lot of people are, however. This is the way a lot of people go on day after day uh, acting. And the first thing you know, they're in the hospital with a case of colitis because instead of blowing all the energies off, which again is the other extreme uh, of the expression of anger, which the Bible condemns, in which all of those energies that anger mobilizes are just uselessly and wastefully blown into the sky or blown off to hurt other people or hurt the environment around, now the anger is contained within and held inside and it begins to hurt the individual who holds it. A grudge down deep in a person's craw, held year after year, gnaws away not only at his attitudes and not only at his behavior, but also even gnaws away at his physical body. And worse than that, this is a terrible sin against God who has forbidden such activity. Instead, he says, you need to not let the sun go down on your anger every day the emotion must be set to rest by doing the right thing about that anger, with that anger, that God intended anger to do instead. And we'll be talking about that in our last broadcast on this subject, the next one in this series of three broadcasts on the question of anger. What to do, what the Bible says to do about anger, how to express it in a righteous and holy way rather than in these two sinful ways that we have been uh, talking about today. That woman had not only let the sun go down on her anger, she had allowed many moons to go down on her anger. And there are some of you, there are some of you who have bitternesses and resentments who are listening to me today. There are some of you out there who need to get those matters straightened out with God and straightened out with somebody else. You need to go and say to a husband or a wife or a child or a parent or a neighbor or a fellow member of a church, I'm sorry. 
I have sinned against God and I've sinned against you in holding these grudges against you these long years. It'll change you, it'll change your relationship with him, and most of all, it will change your relationship with God. Those of you who know Jesus Christ as your savior, who know that he died on the cross in your place, bearing the guilt and the penalty and the wrath of God that you deserve, know that he did not either hold it in, nor did he blow it off, but he handled his anger in a righteous way. How he did that and how you may follow in his steps is what we shall discuss on our next broadcast. Don't fail to listen because this is the one in which we talk about God's proper solution to anger. Lord, help those who are holding grudges to bring those grudges into the light to deal with them before you and before their neighbors, we pray. For the sake of our Lord Jesus Christ, amen.